Hey there, everyone. It's Tony Shea, the host and creator of Two Speak Geek. And I want to take a moment here to tell you guys about Anchor.fm, which is the easiest way to record a podcast or host a podcast for that matter. Uh, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast like I just said. Let me explain. First and foremost, it is free. doesn't cost a penny to get started. You just you know sign up for an account, do your thing, record it, and it's hosted for you. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So if you're out and about, just do it on your iPad, your tablet, your phone, whatever. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on you know popular sites such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and many, many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So that's kind of a big one. You don't need any minimum listenership to get started with some sponsorships. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place, one app. If that sounds interesting, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Geekdom with the Single Dad. I'm your host, Tony Shea, and hopefully uh, you can't hear my fan blowing into the microphone right now because uh, I have my fan on. I always have to have a fan. I run hot. And uh, it's blowing right into it, so I don't hear anything over my headphones. I'm hoping it's okay. I'm really going to regret this if I record the entire episode and you can hear like a whooshing sound in the back, so... uh Let's hope for the best, shall we? Anyways, I wanted to say thank you for anybody who listened to the first episode. It was a lot of fun to do. Um, I really enjoyed making it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just kind of cool talking about stuff that's interesting and, uh, you know, stuff that pertains to my hobbies. So uh, I don't want to go too much into uh, the thank yous and everything. I uh, actually, to be completely honest with you, did not even look at the... Uh, the analytics for the episode so i have no clue what the viewership is viewership listenership i have no idea what the correct term is but anyways we uh actually have a boatload of stuff to talk about this week um not specifically this week i suppose uh it's been about two two and a half weeks since uh the last episode went live so uh yeah given that length of time a bunch of stuff has happened and uh, it's, you know, kind of exciting, uh, especially with this one we're going to start with. Do you guys like the game Grid? I remember Grid. Yeah, it was one of my favorite series of all time, actually, my favorite racing series. And, um, you know, Grid 2 was one of my favorite, uh, I guess you could call it Simcade Racing. One of my favorite Simcade Racing games ever, to be honest. Um, you know, I like a good Sim Racer as much as the next guy, but... Uh, you know, sometimes you just kind of want to play something that does not involve, you know, you needing to use all your real-world skills. And Grid was that. Um, I really enjoyed the actual motorsport part of it. I feel like it did it better than games like Gran Turismo and Forza do it. Because in Grid, you could actually, you know, 
get sponsorship sponsorships sign up with the team you you could even have a teammate on the track with you and give them commands and stuff like that so um i say it's we are well due for a new grid game and this one is going to look absolutely gorgeous on uh current gen consoles i'm really looking forward to it i i don't think i can state that <laughs> enough um as far as gameplay you know all they really released was kind of a teaser trailer um so we don't know too much about it but interestingly enough uh former formula one world champion fernando alonso will not only be in the game but uh, i believe he's also working as a uh you know what's the word i'm looking for i'm completely blanking out he's he's helping with the development of the game i i suppose is all i can muster right now i'm sorry you guys i've had a long week at work um I don't know if you can tell with my voice, uh, I'm actually in the tail end of a cold that my kids gave me, because kids are disgusting, and they never wash their hands, and they get people sick, so I'm sick. So if you hear me hacking my lungs out and stuff like that, it's because of that. So, uh, Anyways, back to grid. It's Yeah, it's got um, Fernando Alonso as, I guess, a major part of the game, and... Um, you know, I suspect we'll see a lot of the good old stuff from Grid Return, like, you know, the San Francisco circuit. I know that for, for a fact is coming back. You know, uh, there's pictures, and it was shown in the trailer. But, um, yeah, I hope I hope it does well. I'm really looking forward to it. It is set to launch on September 13th. And, you know, with Borderlands, uh, Borderlands 3 also coming in September, that month is starting to be kind of a packed month. It's going to get pretty expensive. So... You know, I, I guess it is what it is. Um, I'm certainly not passing up a chance to do or to play that game. So, anyways, enough of grid. Let's move on. Earlier last week, uh, I noticed that the Persona Five official art book released here in the the Americas. Originally, it was only available in Japan, but it was released uh, as an ebook on the Google Play Store, and I. You know, if you're a Persona fan, especially Persona Five, it's it's an easy buy. I think it was only fifteen bucks, fifteen or sixteen bucks on the Google Play Store, and it's amazing. Such a gorgeous book. I mean, just all the concept art and Persona Persona Five is a beautiful game to begin with, but seeing the conception of these characters from you know the very beginning to what ended up being in the game, it's just really cool. And a lot of these characters, the the concept are like from the early beginnings, don't look anything like what we ended up getting. And it's, you know, just kind of cool to see the evolution. So, um, yeah, I, I'd say if you have any sort of tablet or e-reading device, you know, maybe not an old school Kindle that only shows black and white. I don't think those will work on it, to be honest. But, um... Get this book, man. If you're if you're a Persona fan, is I, I don't need to convince you. This is a great book. A uh, lot of information, a lot of interviews, a lot of gorgeous pictures. Just go get it. That's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> um, in TV news, uh, interestingly enough, the upcoming Witcher show starring Henry Cavill has recruited Daredevil director Mark Jobst for the season finale. Now, um. When I first saw this news article, I didn't actually jump in and read it, so I originally thought the uh, director of Daredevil was taking charge of the entire show, but it turns out it's uh, 
not not entirely the case. He's um, only really going to be working on the season finale. So, but that's still pretty cool. I love Daredevil as a show. I'm pretty sad it it got canceled, and kind of hoping it comes back in some way or shape somewhere. You know, but um, it was one of my favorite shows, not just on Netflix, but pretty much anywhere. So. It's very cool to see him uh, working on The Witcher in any capacity, to be honest, even if it is just one episode. Well, while we're on the topic of television, uh, let's move on to some wrestling news. It was kind of a big month for wrestling with uh, Money in the Bank pay-per-view just happening. But uh, before we go to that, let's talk about something that's not as fun and awesome. Um, And I am referring to the uh, death of former WWE diva Ashley Massaro. She was 39 years old and uh, found in her home um, she had passed away. And I guess the information was just released today that it was ruled suicide. She was found, you know, death by hanging um, inside her Suffolk County, Suffolk, Suffolk, Suffolk County, New York home. And um, I don't I don't even know what to say about this. It's, it's really sad. I mean, I'm not going to lie and say I was, like, a huge Ashley fan or anything. I mean, she she was fine, you know. I enjoyed watching her perform and all that. And it's just incredibly sad that she took her own life and that she has a daughter. And that's... It's incredibly sad. And as someone who does suffer from depression, and in the past few years... Um, especially when my divorce first happened, it was really bad. I hit some pretty low lows and to be honest, my kids were the only thing that kept me afloat. Um, that got me through every day, you know, got me waking up and just kind of moving through my day. And one of the things I for sure can say helped me through my toughest times were my friends, uh, friends and family. People who are willing to talk me through the tough times. And I don't know the situation behind Ashley's personal life. Um, what you know, what was bothering her and all that. And I would hope that she had friends that you know were willing to help her. Just you know, if you're if you're having problems, if you're suffering from depression, if things just aren't working out and you know you're depressed, get some help. Anybody, family, friends, and uh, there's hotlines you can call. It's just it's a shame to see something like this happen. And, um, yeah, I don't have much more to say about that. I'm sorry to see Ashley, uh, pass away. So let's move on to something that's, uh, not as somber as the Ashley Massaro news. Um, AEW. Have you guys been following up with that? AEW All Elite Wrestling is a uh, new wrestling company created by Cody, uh, Cody Rhodes. Son of Dusty Rhodes, former Stardust. <laughs> uh, created by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. And they've really kind of exploded in the past few months with some pretty major signings like Chris Jericho. You know, Chris Jericho, I mentioned in the last episode, is my favorite wrestler of all time. And the fact that he signed with AEW, like actually signed, signed, not just making a couple of appearances here or there, but he actually signed as a talent under contract with AEW. And I think he his signing lends a lot of credibility to that. And, you know, almost immediately people were like, oh, AEW, yeah, competition for WWE because WWE has gotten all stale and their show sucks and this could be another Monday Night War. And I think 
that's jumping the gun a little bit. Um, the biggest news regarding AEW in recent weeks has been the fact that they signed a television deal with TNT. So, yes, it's very easy to see that there's now a major... I don't know if we can call them major yet, but... Um, there's now a wrestling organization that's not the WWE that's going to be on TNT. Um, we don't know if AEW is going to air their show on Monday nights opposite Raw or not, or, you know, Tuesday against SmackDown. Who knows? Who the hell knows? Um, and, you know, just jump on any message board, any wrestling related message board, and you're going to see it already. Competition. WWE better watch out. They've got competition. Competition now. It's WCW versus WWE again. And, you know, I don't know what AEW's plans are. I haven't actually watched anything yet. And I know their pay-per-view Double or Nothing is coming up on the 25th. I'm probably going to order that. I just downloaded the Fight TV app. So uh, I'm more than likely going to order it to watch it. Just because I, I love wrestling in all shapes and forms. Not just WWE. And it'll be great to see my favorite Chris Jericho wrestle again. But, um, yeah, I kind of went off on a, on another tangent there, but I don't know what their plans are. And I don't think they're going into the wrestling business to compete head to head with WWE. I think that would be a really big mistake. I mean, regardless of what you think of the product that WWE puts out right now, I know they had one of their lowest uh, rated Raws in a long time just a few weeks ago. But, uh, you know, regardless of how you feel about the show, about how you feel about creative and what you're seeing on TV, they're pretty much untouchable. They Their show can get, uh, you know, meteorically crappy levels, and they would still pretty much be untouchable. They've run pretty much un unopposed since, you know, WCW folded in 2001. And I think AEW knows this. I don't think their their plan, their intentions are to go head to head with WWE and try to overtake them and try to replicate a WCW situation. I really don't think that at all. I think their plan is simply to present an alternative, to simply present something different. I don't think they care about WWE, to be honest. I mean, it's not like they're going after the WWE audience or anything like that. I mean, wrestling fans, sure, you know, they may have to split their time between the two and pick which one, but, I mean, let's be honest, I would say the average member of the WWE Universe, I, I hate saying that, I feel stupid even saying that, but well, for the sake of this argument, I'll just say it, I would say the average fan of the WWE Universe is not your smart mark type fans, it's, you know, I don't know kids and families and stuff i don't you know your smarts and stuff that read you know dave Meltzer and whatnot honestly i don't think there's a whole ton of those as wwe fans um i think aew is going to target that demographic your guys that you know love watching maybe the technical wrestling that know the business that you know don't really care about the gimmicks and the stories and they just want to see good solid wrestling and I think AEW will provide that. And I hope, I hope it does well. I wish them all the best. Um, I will for sure be watching them. So, but uh, while we're on the topic of wrestling, how about that Money in the Bank pay-per-view, huh? I mean, wasn't a great pay-per-view. I'll be the first to say it. Um, my daughter was really excited to see Bailey 
win money in the bank and uh, then cash it in the same night. She was flying out of the seat, <laughs> excited to see that. But um, I, you know, I don't know if this would be considered a spoiler or not. So I guess I should put a spoiler warning right here. You know, if you didn't watch Money in the Bank and you don't want it spoiled, then maybe skip ahead. I don't know, five minutes or so. But the men's Money in the Bank match and how it ended was complete bullshit. Um, I thought it was complete garbage. I don't hate Brock Lesnar. I'm just going to put it out there. He's fine. In fact, I really enjoy watching him perform, to be honest. Um, I think he's entertaining. I think for the type of character he's supposed to be, he does a really good job with it, you know? Um, and I don't claim to know any backstage stuff. So when I read on the internet and on the dirt sheets and whatnot that Brock has a lot of backstage heat because he is the guy that only show up once every couple of months and get a million dollar payday or something, you know, along those lines while everyone else has to work their asses off, you know, traveling 300 days out of the year, just to hopefully make a name for themselves. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if, you know, the other boys backstage hate Brock or not. Hate's a strong word, but you know what I mean. So, to see Brock run in at the end of the Money in the Bank match and win the Money in the Bank, when Brock has already been Brock for so long. I mean, come on. You had guys like Mustafa Ali and Ricochet who were... You know, putting their bodies on the line during the Money in the Bank match. And these are guys that are not top-tier guys. They're not main eventers. They're probably the best workers in uh, the company right now. And I love watching them. I enjoy watching them more than, you know, any Roman Reigns or Randy Orton match any day. But why? Why did Brock have to come in and win it? I mean, according to SB Nation, the, the participants in the Money in the Bank match didn't even know about Brock's involvement. I mean... I can't even imagine how they felt. You know? They must have been so disappointed. They, I, I assume they found out right before the match. And to find out right before the match um, and then still go out there and perform like that is... I mean, it shows the professionalism of these guys. Um, according to uh, Pro Wrestling Insider, I guess uh, Mustafa Ali was supposed to be winning the match. Ali was supposed to win the briefcase. But... You know, then Brock came in. I don't know whose idea was to bring Brock in to do this. I don't think it was Brock himself that came up with the idea. So, you know, I'm not going to put that on him. But, I, yeah, it, it sucks. It just sucks. So, props to the guys who were involved in the Money in the Bank match for still putting their all in there and putting on a tremendous match, regardless of the fact that their thunder was effectively going to get stolen. As soon as they found out that Brock was coming in and winning the money in the bank. I mean, did, I don't know. Does the guy really even need it, for God's sake? You know? Jeez. Uh, on a side note, uh, this isn't really news. It's more blurb than anything else. But uh, if anybody has Sonos speakers, Google Assistant is finally coming to Sonos. Uh, just an FYI. I have the Sonos Beam and two uh, Sonos Ones in my home. And, you know, while Alexa and Siri are fine, you know, I, my my digital assistant of choice has, for a while now, been Google Assistant. 
So it's kind of cool that it's finally coming to Sonos. It's, you know, good to see. And, um, oh, well, we're also on the topic of random tech blurbs, I guess, since we kind of randomly jumped into that. Uh, Steam Link is finally available on iOS devices. Now, Steam Link, if you guys don't know, it used to be a little, well, I don't know, like a like a little micro PC almost type of thing. It's uh, It was a way to hook it up to your TV and uh, stream your PC games to the little Steam Link box thing and play your PC games on your TV. And they stopped selling the actual hardware for that a little while ago and instead released Steam Link as an app. Kind of like NVIDIA's Game Stream, I guess, is the best comparison. But for whatever reason, you know, they released it only for Android, and iOS devices were kind of left in the dark until this last week. It's, you know, finally available. So if any of you have been wanting to try out Steam Link, if you have, you know, Steam and a bunch of games that you would rather play on your 4K TV or something, and you have a decent internet connection, and... I don't know, Apple TV or something, or you want to play it on your iPad Pro. Well, now you can. So, you can download that in the iTunes uh, App Store. Now, it's been... The past two weeks, I've uh, actually enjoyed a surprising amount of time to game. Um, I've been going to bed earlier than normal, and just kind of laying in bed and playing on my Nintendo Switch. So, it gave me a chance to try out a couple of games that... um, I probably normally wouldn't have played before. First of which is the Ace Attorney Trilogy. Now, I've always known about this series ever since it first came out, but it's not something I ever played. For, you know, no real reason. It's not like I didn't want to or whatever. It's just something that I never got around to. So when uh, I saw that it was available on the Switch, three games for basically the price of one, it was kind of hard not to jump into it, and, you know, it, it's a good deal. So, I bought it, downloaded it, started playing it, and was immediately hooked. I mean, it, it's it's essentially an adventure game. Because, you, you know, I'm sure a lot of you have played it and you know how it works and everything, but, you know, you get presented with a case. You have to kind of explore, you know, like adventure games, you move the little cursor around and click on things, and you get information about said things. And, you know, everything you look at uh, ends up being evidence. And then when you go into the courtroom and the trial actually begins, you pull up your collected evidence and objection and, you know, stuff like that. So it's a lot of fun. The characters are really quirky. Um, I don't think there's really anything I can spoil. I, I only finished the first game, so I still have two more in the trilogy to play. Another game I've been playing on my Switch, and I have my son thing for this, my son and daughter to think for this one is Bendy and the Ink Machine. Um, my son discovered Bendy, God, it's been weeks now, possibly even months. He happened to catch a YouTube video and immediately fell in love with the character and the whole concept and everything. And ever since then, it's been Bendy this, Bendy that. He has Bendy plushies. He has a Bendy backpack. Uh, I bought him, you know, some Bendy Slime at Hot Topic, and Bendy, 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 Bendy. Whenever he wants coloring pages, he's always drawing Bendy or Alice Angel or whatever. All the characters from Bendy. And, you know, I knew of the game, I just never played it. It wasn't really something I was interested in. But he finally broke me down, and I relented, and I said, okay, fine. 
I will buy Bendy. And you guys can watch me play it. And it's fine. Um, I don't hate it. I really like the concept. I love the old-fashioned art. And uh, it is pretty creepy. I'm not going to lie. It's just the game controls like shit. It really does. Uh, especially on the Switch. Um, I thought it was just a problem because I was using the uh, Joy-Cons to control. So I bought a... Uh, like a knockoff, uh, you know, pro controller on Amazon. I wasn't ready to drop the full pro controller price yet, because, um, uh, you know, other than Bendy, I've had no issues playing any game on my Switch with the Joy-Cons. I mean, I beat Breath of the Wild with Joy-Cons. I played Celeste with Joy-Cons. Didn't beat it with the Joy-Cons, but, you know, I was able to do pretty well with it. Uh, Super Smash Brothers, the Joy, you know, they don't bother me. I have pretty big hands, but the Joy-Cons work just fine. So I never really felt, you know, saw the need to invest in a pro controller. And um, so, yeah, I ended up dropping, you know, like 30 bucks for an off-brand one. In hindsight, I probably just should have spent like the extra $20, $30 and gotten an actual Nintendo brand pro controller. But, you know, that's neither here or there right now. But um, it didn't help. I mean, having a full-size controller that has actual, you know, analog sticks and not little nubbins and stuff doesn't really help the controls are just really clunky and i'm not a huge fan with the way it plays so kind of a shame um like i said i enjoy the concept of the game i think the story is really intriguing i just it's hard to play not because the game is hard just because it's hard to control so yeah that's that's too bad and a uh, another game on the switch that i got uh, because I heard it on What's Good Games on one of the one of the episodes from a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe two or three episodes ago. Don't quote me on that. Is a uh, Dragon's Dogma. I remember that game from the previous generation, and I I mean I never played it again for no particular reason why. I just never got into it. But you know I love action RPGs like that. I don't know if it's an action RPG necessarily, but you know, I, I like fantasy RPGs like that. So it was, um, it, the fact that it came to switch and that it, I, it was portable. I can take it with me wherever was a big selling point. So I bought it and I'm having a really hard time getting into it. If I'm completely honest, um, it has nothing to do with the fact that it's a last gen game and, you know, doesn't maybe look as pretty as games do now. I mean, that kind of stuff never bothers me. But it's got a pretty steep learning curve, and I don't know. Maybe I'm getting older and <laughs> just not able to pick things up as quickly, but steep learning curves in games have never been a turnoff for me. I mean, I've, I've been gaming since the early 80s, and I haven't stopped. I mean, I've gone through generations and generations of consoles. I, I can handle games that are hard to learn. No problem. But something about Dragon's Dogma isn't clicking with me. Um, the easiest and best way to describe it is I just don't get it. The map is really hard to navigate. I don't really get what I'm supposed to do necessarily. Um, the combat is a little confusing to me. I, uh, Yeah, I mean, I want to give it a chance, and I'm certainly not giving up on it, but... You know, it's it's harder for me to get... It, it just didn't grab me as quickly as a lot of other games did. So, I mean, if anybody out there is listening and 
you know, has some tips for a Dragon's Dogma Ultra Noob, please let me know. Give me some tips. Let me know how I can make this a better experience for myself. And, uh, you know, I would love to sink a bunch of hours into it. It's, I love, so far I'm enjoying the story. I just can't really get into the gameplay. So, yeah. Help a brother out, please. Uh, I finally, <laughs> I know this game has been out for a while, but I finally, two weeks ago, completed Persona 5. I bought the game on launch day and just did not have the time to finish it. It's just one of those games that I chipped away at, little by little, and finally finished it. Um... It's a far cry from my days before children uh, when I had, you know, Persona 4 Golden and I was able to knock it out basically in one stop. Like, what was it, like 70 hours in one in one go almost. So, yeah, I can't really do that anymore. It took me over a year. I forgot when Persona 5 came out, but basically from whenever launch day was till now to complete the game. And it was everything I hoped for. I mean, not much more to say about Persona. You guys know how much I love the series. I'm a loyalist to a fault in terms of the Persona games, and I loved it. And I can't wait for The Royal to come out. The Royal, my voice kind of cracked there, so that may not have come through. But yeah, I can't wait for The Royal to come out, and uh, with the new uh, with the new character, Kasumi, I'm, I'm more than happy to dive back into that game and sink another 100 hours into it. No problem. Might take me another two years. But no problem. If anything, it'll keep me occupied until Persona 6. So, and if the uh, gap between Persona 4 and 5 is of any indication, you know, my kids will be in high school by the time Persona 6 comes out. So, so yay for more Persona. <laughs> um, Microsoft had a sale for Xbox games uh, a week or two ago, and I took a chance and purchased Ghost Recon Wildlands. Um, I, you know, heard some good things about it, and that kind of sandbox shooter type things, not really, not really my jam, but, you know, why not? It was 15 bucks, it was pretty cheap, and, uh, it was Xbox One Enhanced, and I'm all about that, so I bought it, and boy, am I glad I did. Um, I don't play online with other people. I, I, I play it much like I would a Just Cause game, basically. Um, I run around with my AI teammates, I do some of the missions, I steal helicopters when I can, I just, uh, basically, it's a gigantic sandbox for me to fuck around in. And for 15 bucks, I'm perfectly happy doing just that. And I know that's probably not what the game is all about. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's more to it, I'm sure there is a, quote, correct way to play it, but for now... I'm happy I'm happy just having a giant sandbox to blow shit up in, honestly. It's kind of nice to come home from, say, you know, a long day at work and jump on and just fly around in a chopper blowing up trucks. You know, some, sometimes you just need that. Or is it just me? I don't know. Uh, I am still playing Anthem. I know I mentioned in the last episode that I usually crank out Anthem once or twice a week. Um, I don't play it as frequently now, just because of some of these other games that I've been putting my time into. Uh, yeah, I still play it. Maybe once a week. Maybe once every two weeks. Um, not a whole ton has changed. I mean, still the same issues as before. For a looter shooter, I'm not getting a whole ton of loot. And that doesn't make me happy, so... 
you know, I'll still fly around and do some world events here or there, maybe a stronghold, but that's about the extent of my time with Anthem these days. And until, you know, the Cataclysm was supposed to come out this month, and I don't think it's happening. So their roadmap has completely gone to shit, and I think they've admitted as much as well. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I hope they can course correct. I think Anthem is a cool game. I just It just needs to actually be the game that it's supposed to be. So, we'll see. Uh, what else have I been playing? Uh, oh, yes. I introduced my kids to Punch-Out!! I'm a Nintendo Switch uh, online service subscriber, and as such, I get the uh, Nintendo emulator thing that comes with it, you know, on my Switch, and Punch-Out! came out a couple of weeks ago, so, oh, I was, Punch-Out!'s one of my favorite games of all time, and shockingly, I still remember all the uh, timing and patterns and stuff to defeat everyone, so, yeah, I booted that bad boy up, started with Glass Joe, moved on to Von Kaiser, Piston Honda, Don Flamenco, my kids love watching me play that game. And who can blame them? I mean, those characters are so cartoony and colorful. I mean, King Hippo, my kids especially love him. So, yeah, it's kind of cool to see a whole new generation uh, being introduced to Punch-Out. Even though this isn't Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, which is the one I had. But, you know, it's still Punch-Out. And Mr. Dream, he's still Mike Tyson. Come on. Basically the same guy. So... Um, I think the final thing I want to talk about as far as games and stuff that I've been playing, um, is my new controller. I ended up, <laughs> against my wallet's wishes, I ended up purchasing a Astro C40 controller for my PlayStation. And mainly because I recently got back into No Man's Sky again, uh... For no reason other than I just was bored one day and I thought, hey, I haven't played this game in a while. Why the hell not? You know? So I popped it in, started playing it again. And wow, they've made quite a bit of changes to that game since I last played. And it's essentially a different game now. An amazing one, I dare say. You know, the last time I played it was not too long after it launched. And, you know, wow. Good job to those guys. My goodness. Uh, but anyways, and so I was playing a lot of No Man's Sky, and my DualShock 4 basically couldn't handle it. I uh, It's my second DualShock 4, so it's not the one I got when I first bought my PlayStation 4. It's you know newer than the original one. But, you know, we all know this. Anybody who has a PlayStation 4 knows this. The battery life on the DualShock 4 is complete garbage. I mean, what is it, like five hours, six hours, if that? I mean, especially if you play a game that has a lot of vibrating. I mean, you, I still to this day can't believe how shitty the battery life on the DualShock 4 is. So I jumped on Amazon, started shopping around on, uh, you know, wireless. I got to have wireless. I can't have a wired controller in my home because I have three dogs and two cats and two children, and they're hyper. And sooner or later, one of them is going to trip over that cord and destroy something, so... Nope, no wired. So it had to be a wireless PlayStation 4 controller. And I found a bunch. Um, most of them were really questionable. They were like 20 bucks, 18 bucks, And I know better than to buy something like that. And a lot of them were advertising battery life uh, that wasn't any better than the DualShock 4s. So what the hell's the point in buying that? 
So, you know, I eventually ended up making a decision and purchasing purchasing the Astro C40. 200 bucks right there. But dude, I got to tell you, 200 bucks that's worth it. Number 1, it's a gorgeous controller. I just love the way it looks. Um it it's heavy. I like heavier controllers. It fits my hand nicely. The fact that I can swap the analog sticks to a staggered stick layout like my Xbox controllers, which is what I prefer. I don't like the uh, the two sticks right next to each other. I like them staggered. And the fact that it's so easy to just pop off the uh, front plate, swap it around, and boom, right there. I have a top-tier, what's essentially a PlayStation 4 Elite controller, and I can have my Xbox stick layout that I like so much. It's beauty. Um, It lasts... Not considerably longer than the DualShock 4, but noticeably longer. I would say that I could probably safely get a good, I don't know, like 12, maybe 13 hours out of it. You know, which is way better than the, what is it, 6 or 7 hours that you're supposed to be able to get from DualShock 4, but that I never got. Um, First of all, it doesn't have the light bar. You know, I still have my DualShock 4 for when I need it with uh, VR games. That's pretty much all I use the DS4 for these days. But uh, it doesn't have a light bar, so right there you're saving a bunch of battery. It, it has like a tiny LED strip in the front, and that's about it. Um, I haven't had any issues. I uh, read some reviews before I pulled the trigger and purchased it, and, you know, some people, I believe CNET's review uh, had mentioned that they... I'd lost the connection quite a few times during their playthrough or their their playing, and you know I, I haven't had any such issues. And I played with a bunch of games. I uh, tried it out with Spider Man, God of War, uh, No Man's Sky, Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, what else did I use? I'm having a hard time remember remembering what I played. Anyways, a whole bunch of different games, and uh, it's so comfortable. And I love the heft. I love the way it feels. I love the texture and. As of now, no regrets. It's a two hundred dollar purchase, well spent. And um, the fact that it also works on my computer, you know, when I play Steam or Origin games and whatnot, and it's wireless. I mean, it's that's all I ever wanted. Just a good wireless third party controller that I can use between my consoles and my PC. And there it is. Now, the only thing I don't like about the C forty is. The fact that I can't turn on my PS4 with it. With the DS4, you just long press the uh, the, the the PlayStation button, and your PlayStation turns on, assuming you had it in rest mode. No such luck with the C40, unfortunately. It um you can turn it off. You can still long press, you know, while the PlayStation 4 is on, and you know, turn it off that way. But uh, there's no turning it on, so it, it, it's a tiny thing. It's not a big deal. You know, it's not hard. To turn on the PlayStation with my, with my hand from the console itself. So, and the other issue is that uh, it, because it is third party and it's wireless, you need a wireless dongle, and that takes up one USB port. And I don't think I need to tell you that there are not a whole ton of USB ports on the PS4. There's two. Maybe there's one in the back. I never bothered to check, but. Uh, my two are used right now. I have one plugged into my PSVR. 
I have the other one plugged uh, with a external hard drive. That's it. So, kind of a pain in the ass. Uh, I just have my VR unplugged for the time being. I don't play with it too frequently, so... Um, well, obviously I have to have the hard drive plugged in because the bulk of my games are on there. But yeah, it, it is kind of a bummer to have to switch that out. But, you know, it's not the end of the world. And it works beautifully on my PC, by the way. So, it's, uh, again... I'm thinking it was a good purchase. I have no regrets, and I'm really happy that I got it. And it's, yeah, it's expensive. It's $200, and um, you might be able to find it cheaper used. Oh, by the way, if you're going to buy it used from Amazon, even if you buy it used uh, from Amazon Warehouse, something that's actually fulfilled by Amazon, check the box, dude, because I bought it uh, for $159 used from Amazon. And the box came, and I was super excited, and I opened it, and inside was a Amazon Basics controller, not the Astro C40. And I was super disappointed. But Amazon, me and Amazon, took care of that situation right away. It was pretty awesome. They, uh, you know, just told me to send it back, and they refunded me, and I bought another one. No harm, no foul. The only thing is I had to wait a few more days to get it, so. But yeah, so, <laughs> that was kind of a kind of a shitty thing to have happen when I first opened it. Which reminds me, I should check my bank account to see if I ever got my refund. But, uh, that's me just rambling now, so don't pay attention. Uh, let's see. What did I do this past week? I ended up taking my kids to see Endgame. Um, thought they did so well. Remember in the last episode, I was, I was worried they wouldn't be able to last through a three-hour movie? They did fine. They were so good. And they loved the movie. And they behaved. They didn't make any loud noises or scream or cry or anything like that. Though, my daughter did cry. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything. So, I'll just leave it at that. Um, they did so well that they more than earned a trip to go see Detective Pikachu and Aladdin. I didn't know Aladdin was coming out already. Uh, I'm actually super excited to see that, to be honest. I, um, which is odd, because Aladdin was never even like my favorite Disney movie or anything. So... But it just looks cool, and um, I like Will Smith. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he'll make a fine genie. So yeah, the kiddos did so well. I'm very, very proud of them. Every time they do... I shouldn't be surprised, because I'm the one who raised them. So I should know. But I am surprised. I'm surprised every single time, you know, they go to a movie and they behave so well. There were plenty of other kids in there that were of the same age that were not behaving so well. Now granted, they're parents were kind of shitty because they weren't doing anything to correct the children's behavior you know so right there you got your reason why the kids were behaving poorly but you know no i'm not i'm not gonna do that right now but regardless you know, my kids did great i'm so proud of them so i just wanted to throw that in there i mean this podcast is called geekdom with the single dad there should be some dad stuff on here yeah <laughs> So, uh, oh, speaking of which, uh, on June 10th in San Jose, WWE Raw is coming to the uh, SAP Center, and I will be taking my kiddos to see Raw. It'll, yeah, I can't wait. I've been to a bunch of Raws and Smackdowns um, just throughout the years, but this will be my kids' first experience ever at a live event of that sort. I mean, they've never been to a concert, they've never been to like a show of that type, so. And no, I'm not counting the Disney Junior Live show at Disney's California Adventures. Though that, I guess, would be the closest thing. But yeah, I'm going to be taking them to see Raw. We got some 
seats in the nosebleeds. There was no way I was dropping the amount of money it was going to cost to get front row seats, even though that's usually what I spend on myself. So, but with the kids, I mean, I'd be shocked if we lasted the whole show. So yeah, $20 seats it is, but they'll still get to experience the atmosphere and get to see their favorite wrestlers and stuff. So yeah, that'll be cool. Uh, if any of you are going to be there, that would be pretty cool to say hi. June 10th, San Jose, Monday Night Raw at the SAP Center. Let me know if you're going to be there. So I think that pretty much does it. Before we go into the uh, album of the week, uh, I've roughly covered everything I wanted to cover. Um, Got my new PC that I'm recording on since my old one died a death that was long coming. That thing was like 11 years old and it's been taken apart and put back together. And a whole bunch of Frankenstein parts in it. It, it was time to go. It, it wasn't going to last forever. So, got my new PC recording my silky smooth voice. So, I'm enjoying that. Um, hopefully, this cold goes away soon. You know, I, I've edited it all out, but I've been hacking up a lung here. Um, it's been rough. <laughs> so, see what I do for you guys. How much I love my listeners. Uh, anyways, album of the week this week is. Africa Bambata, Looking for the Perfect Beat. It's essentially a Greatest Hits album. It's not essentially a Greatest Hits album. It is a Greatest Hits album. For, uh, Africa Bambata's best. And, you know, I'm not going to spend a whole ton of time on the album of the week this week. But if you have any interest in rap at all. And no, I'm not talking about that bullshit you hear on the radio today. That's not the rap I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Versace, 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 Versace. None of that shit. Okay, it makes me angry just thinking about it. How popular that song got. I mean, what the hell is happening to the world where a song like that becomes such a phenomenon? It it, it boggles the mind. But anyways, when I mean rap, hip-hop, whatever you want to call it, I'm talking about the stuff from before where the art was actually taken seriously. You know, your Grandmaster Flashes, your Cold Crush Brothers, your, you know, even going into Run DMC and going into, you know, the gangster stuff like NWA, all that stuff. The stuff that was an art. That's what I'm talking about. If you have any interest in rap as an art in that form, you need to give Africa Bambata looking for the perfect beat a listen. I mean... Listen to where rap started from. It's 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 amazing. I mean, some of the most of these songs on this album still sound fresh today. I mean, if that's any indication of the longevity of Africa Bambata's music, that's it right there. It still sounds fresh today. No, it doesn't sound like it's you know this sing song mumble rap crap that you hear. But you know, I suspect if something like ah. Uh, planet rock were to come out today it would probably be a pretty big hit i mean they're fantastic songs so give it a listen africa bambata looking for the perfect beat especially if planet rock a listen that's my favorite song on the album and it's so cool uh, just such a cool vibe to it you know you got to give it a listen so uh you can get on itunes anywhere you can get your music um i'm not you know i'm not sponsored by anyone so it's not like i'm I have to mention them, but that's just where I get my stuff. So, so that's, I'm going to tell you what I know, essentially. So, yeah, I think that does it for this week. Uh, 
by the look of things, uh, a little under an hour is going to be the length of these episodes. <laughs> so I mentioned last week, I don't think I'm going to be able to talk for two hours like a lot of these other professionals do. And it's just, it's not me. I can't do it. I can barely handle an hour as it is. So, but, uh, yeah, thank you for listening to the second episode. We are rolling right along here Two a month, you know, let's keep it up. I'm hoping I can. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ToneZone81. It's exactly what it sounds like. T-O-N-E-Z-O-N-E-8-1. And uh, I do have a website up now, though, to be fair, it's not super interesting. It's just kind of where I put my uh, where I put my podcast right now. But if you really want to follow it for whatever reason, it's at GeekSingleDad.com. Dot blogspot.com. Now, it's not spelled out entirely because that would be horrible to type. It's G K S N G L D A D dot blogspot.com. Or ignore my website entirely and just subscribe on iTunes. Yes, I'm on iTunes now, folks. It wasn't hard to do. It's not like it's a huge accomplishment. I just submitted the podcast and they approved me. So. Yeah, it's on iTunes. Geekdom with the Single Dad is now on iTunes. So, you know, give your favorite single dad a hand and hit that subscribe button. And uh, I'll be probably on, you know, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play pretty soon, too. I I intend to submit the podcast to all those places as well. So, uh, again, thank you so much for listening. I mean it sincerely. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to me ramble. And I hope you have a good one. Bye-bye.